Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news and your views. Wind energy and renewable energy are extremely topical at the moment, with the promise of wind and other renewable energy at the forefront of our mind here in Wexford. Starting this week, for the next 12 weeks, every Thursday, we'll have a segment called Green Horizon as we look at wind and other renewable energy. We're going to talk to a number of experts on these topics. And starting this week, I'm joined by Justin Moore, who's Director of External Affairs of Wind Energy Ireland. Good morning to you, Justin. And we have spoken before, haven't we? Good morning, Alan. Thank you so much for, for having me back on. And, and yeah, it, it's a couple of years ago now, but I, I spent a long time working for the Older Persons Charity Age Action, and you, you, you very kindly had me on the, the show a few times back then as well. Now you've moved into a really topical area as well. Age Action, a powerful organisation, doing incredible work. But this new uh, initiative for you, Justin, um, we're, we're going to give listeners an overview, an introduction to wind energy. So let's first look at the background to this and, and why we need offshore wind farms in the first place. Well, currently, um, our, our existing onshore wind farms are providing about a third, up to close to 40% of Ireland's electricity. But if we want to get to the point where we have a zero-carbon electricity system, where we don't need to be spending so much money importing the fossil fuels that are pushing up people's electricity bills, we need to start building wind farms, not just on land, but at sea. So what we're looking to do is to develop the first offshore wind farms that have been built in Ireland in, in, in 20 years. Because what your listeners might not know, Alan, is we actually built an offshore wind farm off the coast of Arklow in the early 2000s, which was probably one of the most advanced offshore wind farms at that time. Yeah. But unfortunately, there was very little interest from government in moving forward with it then. And it's really only in the last four or five years the government has really put their shoulder to the wheel to try and help us build the offshore wind farms that we need to cut our carbon emissions and, almost as important, cut the price of electricity. OK, so you've given us a great overview there now, Justin. Let's, let's get into the core of this. What, what are the benefits of offshore wind farms for Irish electricity consumers? Cheaper power. Cheaper power, that. yeah. So what, what, what we do at the moment is we the price of electricity in this country depends on the price of fossil fuels. And we've seen the price of electricity on the wholesale market in Ireland over the crisis over the last year, year and a half, has increased by an absolutely staggering 500% at its absolute peak. And the reason for that is we depend so much on gas for our electricity. The less gas we need, the more we can try and push down the price of electricity in this country. Our onshore wind farms are already doing that, and they're helping to insulate us from the worst of the energy crisis. But offshore wind farms mean yeah. we can eventually get to a point where we don't need gas to provide our power. That's Irish power, so not only are we getting, hopefully, electricity cheaper, but when we are paying for the electricity, the money is going to Irish generators rather than to importing gas from Britain. Let's localise it now. The, the benefits for County Wexford, what are they? What are the local benefits? To, to a degree, the local benefits will depend a little bit on where we build these offshore wind farms. So we're going to be looking to build them in a number of different locations off the coast. If we're building offshore wind farms off the coast of Wexford, I think what we'll be looking for, first of all, is any of those wind farms will be looking for an operations and maintenance base. They'll be looking for somewhere on the coast of Wexford, a small port or a harbour. For the projects off the coast of Wicklow, for example, they're looking at Arklow Harbour, they're looking at Wicklow Harbour. Any of those operations and maintenance bases for the lifetime of that wind farm, 80 to 100 full-time jobs. But the real exciting potential is the possibility that ports, um, like larger ports, such as Rosslare, for example, could be used to build these offshore wind farms. Right now, unfortunately, we only have a single port in the island of Ireland, and that's in Belfast, which is, is, has the infrastructure to build an offshore wind farm. If we can get more ports available, we can build more wind farms, we can build them more quickly, yeah. but also it means the economic benefits and the jobs created from building these wind farms go to Wexford. 
I want to get even more into it, if you don't mind now, Justin, and look at an offshore wind farm itself. Like, what are the different pieces of the projects, both offshore and onshore? So I suppose everybody knows the, what the turbines look like. So to start about that, you would have the turbines at sea, and then cables would run from the turbines to an offshore substation, which if people have seen an oil rig, it's a much smaller version of an oil rig, but it is a, it's, a, it's an infrastructure piece off the coast. The power then from all of the turbines is gathered at that substation, and then another cable takes from the substation along the seabed onto shore, and then it'll connect into a point on the electricity grid. Airgrid will tell us where that is. So Airgrid will tell the wind farm developer, if you're building a wind farm in such and such a location, then it needs to make landfall here. So the underground ca- the cable that would be going along the land would be underground. Um, there might be a substation built near where the, the power is connected into uh, into the main electricity grid. But on, from an onshore perspective, there will be very little infrastructure that will be visible, and you would have the turbines, obviously, that would be out to sea. Right. Like I said, it's a fascinating subject. And I'm just thinking, with these offshore wind farms completely built, how soon after that could we expect them to be actually generating electricity? I, I think it, it depends a little bit on how long they're going to be in the planning system, to, to right. be honest with you, Alan. So, so, so when will we actually see them off? Uh, when would you anticipate seeing them off the coast of Wexford here? Well, the, the first offshore wind farms, um, which are off the coast of uh, offshore projects, which are off the coast of Louth, North Dublin, and then uh, Wicklow, including one, a new one off the coast of Arklow Bank, they'll be competing in an auction at the end of this month. And the ones that are successful in the auction, which will give them a contract to provide electricity, they'll apply for planning permission before the end of the year. Now, your listeners are, are probably well aware of some of the challenges getting through getting through planning, but our hope would be that those wind farms would be starting construction in maybe 2026 mm. and then completed and generating power in 2028 and 2029. Now, see, none of the projects that I mentioned there are off the coast of Wexford, although the ones off the coast of South Wicklow aren't too, too far from, from the north of the county. Yeah. Um, but then once those are built, we'll be looking to identify projects in other parts of, of Irish waters, and I know there's a number of projects off the coast of Wexford, for example, which would be looking to be developed. Right, and uh, who's going to build them? Who's going to build the offshore wind farms? I, I think to, to a large degree it'll depend on, on which companies win the contracts and get planning permission, so it's a mixture of, of Irish companies, so we have ESB, for example, are, are, are heavy involved, um, we have Bourne Mona, which are, are working with a, a joint venture with, with another company called Ocean Winds. We've private sector Irish companies like uh, DP Energy, for example, and Simply Blue. And then we've international companies. And some of the biggest names in, in offshore wind energy, like Orsted and Starcraft, are also looking to develop these projects. So I, I think, to be honest with you, it, it's impossible to say which one of them will win a contract and which ones of them will, will get planning permission. But I think it's fair to say it's a mix of... Irish private sector companies, Irish semi-state companies and international companies that would need to develop these wind farms. Now, Justin, I was recently in Kilmore uh, prior, prior to Christmas where there were concerns from the fishing community there about these wind farms affecting marine life in a negative way. So, so do we know what the implications of building these offshore wind farms are for the marine environment in the fishing community? Now, this area, I, I'm sure there could be other pockets of the county, the coastline as well may be concerned, but specifically, I know there were concerns raised in the Kilmore area. No, I, I'm aware of those myself as well, Alan, and I think the fishing community has to be seen as one of the most critically, or arguably even the most critical stakeholder for anyone looking to develop an offshore wind farm. I mean, these are people who, whose livelihoods depend on the sea and in many cases have been fishing there for, for generations. So I suppose at a national level, 
we meet with the different fishing organisations on an almost monthly basis as part of a working group set up by the government bringing together the fishing industry, the offshore wind energy industry, but also various state agencies like Bordis Kiwara and government departments. And all we're focused on is improving communications between the fishing industry and the offshore wind industry and trying to achieve coexistence, trying to ensure that if we're building these wind farms, we have as little impact on the fishing sector as possible. And in fact, that we can hopefully identify opportunities for the fishing sector to be involved. I mean, we're going to be building these offshore wind farms off the coast of Wexford. Nobody knows the waters off the coast of Wexford better than the men and women operating out of Kilmore Quay. Yeah. So if we can find opportunities for them to be involved, we really want to do that as well. Yeah. In terms of the marine environment, any one of these projects would have been carrying out years of surveys of birds, fish, mammals, tracking the seabed, mapping the Irish seabed. And as part of any submission they would be making for a planning application, they would need to put together what's called an environmental impact assessment report. And in that report, they have to identify every single way they will affect the marine environment and what they're going to do to try and ensure that those effects are, are mitigated or eliminated. And we'll be looking to work with the environmental stakeholders, people like Birdwatch Ireland, people like the Irish Whale and Dolphin Group, yeah. to ensure that when we're building these projects, we're building them in the most sustainable way possible. Yeah, because I think dialogue and openness, transparency is so crucial because a lot of the fishermen I spoke to that day, they were forward-thinking and they know progress is coming, but as well as that, you can understand their importance and their urgency to protect their livelihoods. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, it's a crucial... Fishing is a crucial part of, of local communities and local economies yeah. in lots of different places around the, the country. And I suppose for me, particularly as somebody who's sitting on that working group meeting the fishing industry, it's been a real learning experience and a real privilege, in fact, to, to learn about the importance and the culture and the heritage of, of Ireland's fishing. Because I suppose what we're looking to do here is we've two national priorities. We absolutely have to build offshore wind energy. It's the only way we can cut our carbon emissions and end our dependence on imported fossil fuels. While we're doing that, we need to not only protect our marine biodiversity, but we need to protect an equally important industry, our fishing industry, which is critical to Ireland's food security and in many places critical to, to the local economy as well of coastal communities right around Ireland. You've given us so much information this morning and it's so uh, so refreshing to hear it as well, given in such a way that we can understand it and we're going to podcast this particular piece a little bit later on today as well but uh, I, I've spoken to Glenn Carr the port manager on many occasions about the potential of Rosslare. So as a port and from your own uh, perspective um, the potential for offshore wind in Rosslare. What, what does Rosslare need to make it suitable for use in the construction of offshore wind, by your understanding? But I suppose just in the interest of, of transparency, Alan, I should note that, that Rosslare would be one of our members, and we're, we're very proud to represent Rosslare in a number of other ports. And they have a fantastic plan there that they are looking to put together to develop the infrastructure that would enable them to, to support the development of offshore wind energy. And I, I think what we really want to see happen is to see that the government really support that and really push it forward. Because our concern is that if we don't see ports like Rosslare invested in, then we're not going to have them available by the time we start to try and build them in 2026. Because bear in mind, Glenn and the team in Rosslare they're going to need to take their plans through planning permission. They're going to need to get planning permission. They're going to need to construct them. They're going to need to reinforce the infrastructure there. And they're going to have to do all of that in time for us when our projects come looking in 2026 for yeah. construction facilities. If that's not done, then we face the possibility of having to build Irish offshore wind farms, either from Belfast, which is a great facility, or possibly from abroad. And, you know, I'll, I'll be completely upfront with you, Alan. Like, we have ports 
from other countries in Europe actually coming to Ireland this summer, looking to meet Irish offshore wind farm developers and saying to them, look, if there's nowhere available for you in Ireland, you can come to France, you can right. come to Wales, you can come to England. We want to build Irish wind farms from Irish ports. Point people towards where they can find out more information, Justin, please, as we round off our conversation today. Yep, people can always find out more information at windenergyireland.com and we'll be very happy to, to take any kind of questions or queries from any of your listeners and... Um, very pleased to be working with, with you and the team at Southeast Radio on, on this series. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.